Hey, this is Pastor Greg Evans from Calvary Assembly of God. I want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I pray that God will speak to your heart, that he will challenge you, and that you will be encouraged and that you will overcome by God's word and the word of your testimony. God bless you. Enjoy the service. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 5 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to be in both of those verses in just a few minutes. Ephesians chapter 5 in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. As we get started, I just wanted to read a little story that I read. It was about a young lady who wrote home from college, and she said, Dear Mom, I'm sorry that I haven't written sooner. My arm really has been broken. I broke it, and my left leg, when I jumped from the second floor of my apartment dormitory when we had the fire. We were lucky. A young service station attendant saw the blaze and called the fire department. They were there in minutes. I was in the hospital for a few days. Paul, the service station attendant, came to see me every day. Paul is a great older gentleman, and he's been so nice to me. We started dating, and we plan to get married soon. I hope things are fine at home. I'm doing fine, and I will write more when I get the chance. Love, your daughter, Susie. P.S., none of the above is true, but I did get a C in sociology, and I flunked chemistry. I just wanted you to receive this news in the proper perspective. (laughs) Perspective matters. How you look at things matter. Pastor Justin said it earlier, we all go through challenging times, don't we? And holidays can be a time that uh, many of us find joyful and exciting and and start the decorating and just kind of put all the past year behind us and look to the future. That's a wonderful thing. But others sometimes are going through seasons, challenges in their life that seem impossible to just put on hold. And that's why we need a thankful heart. That's why you have to keep a proper perspective all year in every circumstance as to your gratitude. As to whatever you're facing, in everything, give thanks. Everybody say, give thanks. We have to have this proper perspective. Not only when things are grandiose and exciting and there's money in the bank and the family's all over for dinner and everything seems wonderful but when the family tells you they're not coming or there's no money or when the challenges are real and overwhelming in those moments everybody say give thanks the following is a proclamation that was made by governor bradford in 1623 it was three years after the pilgrims had settled in plymouth and this and i changed it by the way from old english to somewhat modern English because it just is easier to read. This was all written in in old English and uh, was a little bit challenging, but I I changed it up just a little bit. Uh, To all ye pilgrims, inasmuch as our great father God has given us this year an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, peas, squash, garden vegetables, has made the forest to abound with game and the seas with fish and clams. He has, spare, he has spared us from pestilence and disease, has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our own conscience. Now, I, your magistrate, do proclaim that all ye pilgrims with your wives and your little ones do gather at the meeting house on the hill between the hours of nine and noon uh, in, the day, in the daytime on Thursday, November 29th of the year of our Lord, 1,623. And the third year since you pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock, there, there to listen to the pastor and render thanksgiving to Almighty God for all of his blessings. Now, I wasn't there. I'm not that old. However, if you read history and if you could just imagine, I mean, we can't even function without air conditioning in our houses <laughs> or heat. We can't function without the niceties of life. We won't, sometimes we won't even, you know, show up to church if the pews aren't padded or the AC's not working or things aren't going just the way we thought they should that morning. But these pilgrims had a lot to not be thankful for if they were kind of just focusing on themselves. But they had come with a purpose. They had come to pursue the freedoms of worship to their God, our God. They had come with the purpose of going hard after whatever it took to be able to have freedom from tyranny and freedom from all of the oppressions of, of, of life prior to that moment. And here they stand, not with a lot, but with an abundance as it compared to their time there, those three years. And they chose in that moment to stop and have a right perspective 
of gratitude and thanks. This Thursday is Thanksgiving. Now, I don't know about you. Everybody does it a little bit different. But we are going to have us a buffet of food on Thursday. We're going to make all kinds of goodies. My wife is the cook, and the kids are going to help. I'm going to do what I can. I'm not much of a cook. They don't want me to cook. But, uh, but I'm going to eat, and uh, we're going to enjoy mostly the family time, the fun. We're going to just have a great time, and we're going to pause on that day to take time to, as a family and declare the things that we are grateful for. We're going to take time to think about the things that we are praising our Father for his blessings and provision in our life. And there's nothing wrong with Thanksgiving. There's nothing wrong with these moments of celebration that we have in our, in our calendar and, and in our lives. But this is the focus I want us to have today, is that Thanksgiving is not a day. Thanksgiving is not an occasion. Thanksgiving is a lifestyle. Can I get a witness? Thanksgiving is how you choose to live on Monday mornings when you don't feel like getting out of bed. Thanksgiving is how you choose to live when, as I said earlier, nothing seems to be going right and everything truly seems to be going wrong. Thanksgiving ought to be thanks living. Ephesians chapter 5, our text this morning, verses 19 and 20 says this. Speak to one another. Now, sometimes we think we're, th we're being thankful because in our minds somewhere, when we first jumped out of bed, we said, thank you, God, for this day. Or in our minds, we're like, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling, but, but I'm, I'm thankful still. It's, it's more than just what we think. It's more than just what we say kind of in the, in the habits of life. This is what, what Paul writes here. He says, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Our thanks cannot only be to God, it shows up in everything we do. Can I get a witness in this room? True thanks shows up by the attitude on my face. Hello? It's quiet now. True thanksgiving shows up. I'm not saying we don't have bad days. Lord knows I have bad days. Ask my kids, ask my wife. <laughs> You know, I know we don't all always have a big smile from ear to ear, but a discipline we can create is that I'm going to be thankful when there's no reason to smile and I'm going to smile anyway. Hello. So he writes, he says, speak to one another. Let your thanks be one to another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God, the Father. For what? What are we supposed to give thanks for? What's the next word? Everything. Well, that's kind of an odd thing. Everything? Everything? I want you to think about everything to you right now. What is everything? I don't know what you're going through. I don't want you to blurt it out, but I want you to think about it right now. What are you facing that's overwhelming you? What challenges do you have in your life? God's not mix, mixing words here. He's not trying to play little games with us mentally or emotionally and certainly not spiritually. He's giving us a directive from his word, and he says, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 Verses 16 through 18 says this, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. If you love Jesus and you belong to him today, can I just get a witness like wave at me, amen me, something, do something. Then it is God's will for you to be thankful in all circumstances. This is his plan for you. I'm going to tell you something. A change in your perspective helps in the worst moments of life. It's true. Think about it. If you had gotten the letter from the girl that I read the story about at the beginning, and it was your daughter, and she told you all these bad things all in one letter, and you're thinking, why didn't she call me? Why I needed to be there. I needed to help her. This bad news. What's going on? And then she says, hey, by the way, that's not true. But in light of that and in perspective to that, in comparison to that, I did do kind of bad in school this semester. I need a little grace. Now, I'm not recommending we lie to get grace. What I am recommending is that we shift our perspectives to our circumstances, to a place of gratitude and thanks. Friends, this morning, there's nothing too difficult 
for God. Paul's main subject here is praise and thanksgiving. There's some other important words in that text that we just read. Always, continually, and in all circumstances. It sounds like Paul is giving some direction on how to have church. He's, it sounds like he's giving some, some kind of uh, real specific things, some, a list of things to do. Like this is how you would have a Sunday morning church service. Lift your voices, sing some songs, praise the Lord no matter what you're going through. And somehow in our ability as humans to compartmentalize, we've sometimes, myself included, none of us are exempt, we've compartmentalized our thanks and our praise to an hour on Sunday morning. Can anyone say yes? It's true. Paul is not talking about Sunday morning worship service. He's talking about Thursday afternoon. Boss just yelled at you. Everything's going wrong. You don't even know what's for dinner because there's nothing in the house to eat. You don't know how things are going to work out for you. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of the Father for those that love God and are called according to Christ Jesus. He's talking about continual attitude for every. Christian, a constant attitude of thanksgiving, a constant place of worship. You know, I'm thankful for so many things. I really wanted to just make a list and just go through them this morning publicly and just for the record. There's not time for that. And then I would want everyone else to have that opportunity too, and we can't. So, I thought, one thing I'm really grateful for and I'm not saying this to, to make someone feel good or to just, you know, kind of get a, wow, that was sweet. I'm saying it because it's from my heart. In fact, I was overwhelmed when, when Sarah was sharing earlier in worship. I'm overwhelmed thinking about it now. And, and she said, think back over the past year and, or the, over your past life and see where God's brought you to. In that moment, it was like the glory and the grace of God just flooded my spirit and I just began to think of the, the multiplicity of things that God has poured out upon me. Things I did not deserve. Things that I could not earn. Like there's nothing in me that deserves the blessings that God has given. And of course there's the obvious of family and friends and, and provisions. But I thought I'm so thankful for Calvary Assembly of God. I truly am. I'm thankful for the family that we have here. I don't have to say that. And I could have thought of a thousand other things. But in, in this moment, I wanted to just say that I'm very thankful for you. I'm thankful for those that have been here for many years prior to me coming. I'm thankful for those that have been here the whole time I've been here. But I'm thankful for the very uh, new families and friends that have gathered in this house in recent weeks and months. I'm thankful because God is knitting us together like a finely woven basket See, when God does something, he does it with intentionality. He does it with purpose. He does it with a plan in mind. And he's not going to knit something together that's so loose that it just falls apart and unravels. When God does it, he does it in such a way, he can knit something in such a way, spiritually speaking, that it holds water. It's tight. And that's how I look at the family of God around the world, but specifically I look at it as the church of God, the family of God right here at Calvary, the body of Christ. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for who he's placing here. And as I said, there's, we could just take all day and go through the names and the families and the people that are so strategic to what God is doing here, but every one of you matter. Every one of you are important. And that's why I repeatedly say we're better together. We need you. And I'm thankful for you this morning. We're thankful. We're thankful. Beverly and I are thankful to serve as your pastors. Pastor simply means shepherd. And while there's certainly a level of honor and respect that ought to be given to people that serve in those roles, Beverly and I don't consider ourselves any better, any different than any one of you. We are your shepherds in that we get to help guide and guard and protect spiritually. But we do life with you. And we're thankful for that. We're thankful for the friends and the fellowship that God's put here at Calvary. We're a growing church. We're an expanding church. We're a church that's reaching out 
to do more than we've ever done. In fact, we have, we have made it around our conference table and our, and our weekly staff meetings and around our conversations with other leaders in this church. We have made it our absolute goal for 2022 to not look anything like any previous year uh, at Calvary Assembly of God. Not that those were bad years. They've been great years, but we want to do more than we've ever done. We want to touch more lives. We want to win more souls. We want to love more people. We want to serve our community in a way that shows Jesus to everybody around. I'm thankful for some new friends at Calvary. And I've asked a couple to just come this morning and share some Thanksgiving comments, some things they're grateful for in their lives. I'm going to ask Rick and BC Hall to come. Their sons can join you if you want. I think, uh, I don't know if I got their names perfectly right, but I think it's Josh and Joseph, but they're welcome to join you if they want. They don't certainly have to. Honey, could you bring me that microphone right there? Rick and BC have been with us now for maybe a year or so, maybe a year or two, year and a half. And uh, the Lord just put them on my heart as I was thinking over the last few weeks about some people that could just share some words of gratitude. And so I'm going to pass this on to you guys and just uh, give some thanks to God for us. All right, good morning, everyone. Uh, Pastor Aspi and, of course, BC, just to share a couple thoughts of what we're, we're thankful about and um, Really, first and foremost, just God and his, his love and just his, his pursuit to constantly draw us closer to him in our, in our relationship. And uh, that leads me to, as far as what I'm grateful for, where we're at in this season of life right now. So we, we retired from the Navy in 2020 uh, after 24 years of service. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, it was, it, was, it was quite a challenge, not just serving, but keeping our priorities straight as far as keeping Lord number one. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, um, it says in, in 1 Timothy, uh, Paul was telling Timothy that godliness with contentment is great gain. And, and I'll tell you, that's, that is something that I, I struggled with throughout, of course, my time in the Navy. I, I was extremely blessed, um, achieved many, many things. But there were those times where I fell short. My priorities definitely got off course. And again, the, the love of BC to continue to pray for me, you know, I, I praise God. Because for me, where I say contentment, where I was at, throughout my career, I was not very content. Success just breeds more. You, you just constantly hunger and you want more and more success. And I fell into that trap and I kind of put God and his love for me on the back burner. And through that disappointment of not advancing and getting to where I want to be, he just drew me closer to him. Because, again, brothers in the church, I've met with a couple. Um, as we traveled around, some, some comments that some people made to me, one was, what if it's not God's will for you to advance? And then, I, then of course, I'm left starting to try and ponder, but why wouldn't he want that for me? That's something good, right? So I had to kind of stew in that one for a little bit. And then, of course, as it came time, the advancement didn't happen, and I had to make the decision to retire. And after doing something for 24 years, just committing yourself to that, it, that was a, a very difficult decision. So then another brother in Christ commented to me as I was getting ready to, and he, he, he retired also. He said, oh, Rick, you're, you're good to go. He said, your identity's in Christ. So that was another thought-provoking question. And I was like, why is it so hard that if my identity really is in Christ, why am I struggling with this right now? So again, through self-reflection, I realized, again, priority is not really where I need to be. And just kind of personally recommitted my life to putting Christ center in the front. So that, that brings us to where we are today. Of course, retired just a little bit over uh, a year and a half. And that's why I'm thankful for this season, because during that season, well, while you're in the Navy serving, going away, you have a super wife by, by your side, it's, it's very easy to just kind of be in, the, be in the background because I'm gone all the time, and I think the enemy was lying to me and saying, well, when you come home, you don't want to step over her. She's been doing so great. You just want to bulldoze and take charge. However, that's contrary to God's word. God says men are to be the head of the home and to, of course, lead. And that's, of course, one thing that I was falling short. So through that time of reflection, 
Um, I'm just brought to the place where I am today, grateful, grateful for a loving wife and, and a loving family. And again, taking the lead, I told her last night in jest, because Pastor had asked me to speak tonight, I said, you're going to speak first tomorrow, right? So again, I had to keep practice and say, well, I've got to kind of, if I want to take the lead, I've got to take the lead. So again, that's just my testimony and just this, around this Thanksgiving season of gratefulness. Well, he has given you guys just about the gist of our lives. Um, so I'm going to add, when he was talking, he talked about discontentment. Um, and discontentment breed a lot of um, unhealthy stuff in our lives. And I want to take it from there. And as we talk about Thanksgiving, um, it's important to know that if discontentment breeds a lot of unhealthy habits in our lives, that contentment is the cure to that. And the pathway to contentment is gratitude. And so as we reflect on Thanksgiving, as we celebrate the next couple of days, let's keep things in perspective. Let's give God glory. Let, let's look back over our lives for the things that he has done, not the things that haven't, haven't worked out our way, but the things that have worked out from God's perspective. Whether it was bad, indifferent, good, give him glory because when we glorify him, he takes over and he captivates our lives. He cocoons it. I was thinking when he told us that pastor had asked, I said, Lord, what should I say to your people? And he said, look at the beauty. Look at God's beauty. When I see my family, I see the beauty of God in us. Yes. It's reflected. Amen. And so let the love and gratitude for who God is in our lives drive your Thanksgiving. Let it be different this year. Don't make it about the food or the gobble beans. Those are fun. But let's make it about Jesus. Amen. So good. So good. Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you all so much. That's a holy perspective on Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. We're so, so blessed to have you as part of our church family. And I'm going to try not to keep the focus on the food and the gobble games. But the Lord's working on me. We're, we have, a, as I said, we have a lot of new friends in our church and a lot of new family uh, that God has connected to us. And so I've asked Tim and Elizabeth uh, Larson to come. If you would, just guys come and, and just share a gratitude. I believe your daughter's name is Samantha. Did I get it right? Yeah, Samantha. And uh, we're just so honored to have them. Tim, I'm not going to speak for him, but Tim and Elizabeth have been in ministry. They have pastored churches. They are currently evangelists and travel the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But God has called them in this season here to worship alongside of us and to make this their uh, church home when they're not traveling. And uh, we're honored to have that uh, ability to do that. And so, Tim, greet us. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, I got the memo, by the way, from Pastor Justin and Candace. So we were supposed to wear the same. So matching. Yeah, we did. So, <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, I, I, there's so many things that I can say that I'm thankful for. I think of the song, Bless the Lord, All My Soul. You know, 10,000 Reasons is the title. I could be here all day. And I just want to, first of all, thank the Lord for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. Because me, if it wasn't for him, there's no telling where I would be today. I thank him for that. I thank him for my wife, for introducing her to my life. I thank him for our daughter, who is growing up as a six-year-old, to learn to love Jesus and to pray to him and to seek him. And when we don't feel good, I thank the Lord that she lays her little hand on us and begins to pray over us. You see, for all of my life, I grew up in church. For 19 years, I had lived in church, growing up in church. And I thought I knew Jesus, but I didn't. And I thank the Lord that at the age of 19, he looked down and he said, it is time for you to develop a relationship with me. And I thank him. He brought me to my face. And I repented and gave him my life in a dorm room in the United States Air Force in Omaha, Nebraska. I said, Jesus, I will serve you. And from that day forward, I have served him. I thank him for the times where it looks like it's been the pits of life or the prisons that Joseph went through. I thank him for those times because I grew closer and closer to him each time. As he made me in two, he's made me the person he's called me to be today, and the journey is not over. I thank him for the opportunities that lie ahead. I thank him for the many people I've seen come to know him as their personal Lord and Savior. 
And I thank him for the honor to share his gospel all over the world. But most importantly, I thank him again for the cross and the empty tomb and the love he has for me. And we are thankful that we are here at Calvary. And we know God is doing great things here at Calvary through pastors Greg and Beverly and through all of the staff here. We love you guys. And I'm going to hand it over to my fiery wife because she might take it over. Good morning. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful to the Lord for this next season of my life where, um, you know, starting next month, I'm going to transition into being stay at home full time and to disciple my one disciple. Um, and that's our daughter. And um, I just want to be faithful to this season that the Lord is um, is leading us to, and he spoke to my heart that this season's about family. It's about my family. It's about my extended family. It's about my church family, and that, um, that you know, I've made for a time as this, and, you know, for, um, you know, for my extended family, I'm first-generation believer, and so I've been praying for my parents, my siblings, my aunts, my uncles, you know, my cousins, everybody, and, you know, God has been faithful, and he says, this is the season of your life, you have to be very more intentional in your prayer into intercession for them, and that I declare the salvation of my family, and I will see the goodness of the Lord, and he will give me what I've asked for for many years, and so I'm very thankful um, for that. And I'm thankful for my church family that, you know, he has brought us here. I don't know what his plans exactly for us is, but I'm waiting and I'm listening. And I'm just thankful that I'm here and I get to worship with you. And the spirit of the Lord is here and he is good. And I'm just very thankful for that. Amen. Thank you. Love you so good. Thank you so much. Bless you. I'm thankful, for, I'm thankful for, for these. I'm thankful for each of you. I'm thankful for those that are over at Ronnie Van Zant Park this morning, serving, preparing, so that we can have fellowship together. Our perspective is important. I'm not going to really preach this morning, but I want to take a couple of minutes and just give you a couple of thoughts to encourage us as we face this coming week and really this season ahead of us. <coughs> Excuse me. I think there's a few things that steal our gratitude if we're not careful. One is pride. Pride will keep you from being grateful. So I think it would be fitting today and this week. Just kind of deal with that personally. I'm not calling anybody out. I'm, I'm not calling Greg out. I'm not calling any of you out. I'm just saying introspectively, look at yourself. Is there anything that would keep me from praising and thanking God? Pride is this attitude kind of that like nobody gave me anything. <laughs> Nobody did you, no one gets to where we are without a little prodding along, certainly without the blessings of God, but even the help of others. Pride will keep you from saying, thank you. Pride will keep you from being the person, God, the full potential of what God has called you to be. So be thankful. Deal with that if it's in your heart today. Deal with any area of pride. Another issue is a critical spirit. <laughs> a critical spirit will keep you from being grateful. Constant complaining. Instead of being grateful, a person that is, has this critical spirit will find something to complain about. You know, the glass is half full or half empty. Which is it? Every day is not perfect, there's lots of challenges. Your spouse is not perfect, but neither are you. Your kids aren't perfect. Your boss isn't perfect. Your church isn't perfect. But there are so many wonderful things to pause and say, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you to each other. A critical spirit will keep you from being grateful. And thirdly, carelessness will keep you from being grateful. Well, what does that mean, carelessness? Well, just not taking care of the things that God has given you. Not taking care of the people he's entrusted into your life. Is there anyone in this room? It's really quiet in here today. Listen, if we don't take care of, if we don't steward well, if we don't nurture, if we don't protect 
the blessings, whether they be few or many, then we will not be grateful. So carelessness will keep us from true gratitude in our heart. We have to be careful to protect and steward that. And from our verses that we read this morning from Ephesians and Thessalonians, I believe there's three things, and I'm just going to just toss them out real quickly, but I want you to just chew on them. I want you to take them home. I want you to dwell on them this week. Firstly, it's this. Thanksgiving must be expressed. It's not, like I said earlier, it's not just something I think about. How do you express your thanks? How do you express your gratitude to others, to God? Psalm 100 says this. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your hearts. Have you ever noticed, and sometimes I'm guilty of this, and I am, because everybody, can, if you've ever just come to church just really, just like, you didn't feel like praising at all, can, can I just get a witness? I'm raising both my, come on, am I the only one? But that's why he tells us, like, that's the, the, there's a, there is a posture in which we are to enter the house of the Lord. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. It doesn't say if you're in the mood, do it. It doesn't say when you feel like it, do it. It doesn't say if everything's going really well in your life, do it. He says there's one way to enter his presence. It's enter with thanksgiving and praise. It is expected of us. We must express our thanksgiving outwardly, inwardly. David said this in Psalm 107, a few chapters over. He says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. We should express our thanks to God and to others. You know, there's a story in Luke chapter uh, 17 about when Jesus heals the lepers, the 10 lepers. I wish I had time to preach it this morning. I, I, I just want to refer to it quickly. And he, he, he heals all of them, and they all take off in their joy to go do what he said to do. Show yourself to the priest and make sure that, let them see, that, inspect that you're cleansed and made whole. And the Bible says one of them came back to say thank you. One of them comes back to say thank you. And Jesus has a response to that. And he says, where are the other nine? Didn't I heal ten of you? Only one came back. Now, I I take a couple of things from this. One is I noticed that Jesus didn't just rebuke the healing and say, okay, the other nine aren't healed now. He, he, He let them stay healed. Because... This isn't a matter of whether or not they deserved it or, or, or they earned it in some way. Nobody did. None of them. He blessed them. God doesn't withhold his blessings and he doesn't remove his blessings. Okay? He is a faithful God. He loves us. He healed them. The one, but then he says, a kind of an odd statement here. He says, he says this. Let me see if I can get it right. He says, rise and go, after he asked the question, didn't I heal nine of you or ten of you? Where are the other nine? He says, rise and go. Your faith made you well. Well, they were already made well. I want you to see that your thanks takes it a step further. Your gratitude takes your, your, your blessing into a deeper, deeper level. They were already physically healed, but Jesus is now saying, go, your faith has made you whole. In other words, you are not just healed physically from leprosy. You're healed mentally and spiritually and emotionally and relationally, and there's blessings in your life. Why? Because you are a person of gratitude. There's something beyond the physical, and our gratitude will take us deeper into that place and that relationship with God. Your faith will make you well. Your gratitude will bring you to that place. God appreciates our thanksgiving. He's glorified by our praise. It draws us closer to him. And that's where this leper was. He was drawn closer to God. Thanksgiving must be expressed. Romans chapter 1 verse 21 says this. It says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. When we neglect our thanks, when we neglect our praise, when we neglect proper and right gratitude, we move into a dark place. But when we keep our perspective on God, when we know that all things good or bad, he is working them out for our good, we move into a place of his light and his glory and his grace and wholeness in Jesus' name. So how can you do this? I'm glad you asked. You got to spend time with him. Not just an hour and a half on Sunday morning. You have to forgive others. Always. You have to be willing to serve others. No matter how you're feeling. You need to share his plan of salvation. 
Not just by your words, but by the way you live. You have to reach out to hurting people. And you have to give God your time, your talent, and your treasure. Uh-oh, pastor went from preaching to meddling. Do you know my gratitude shows up in everything I do? I look forward to offering time in church. Oh, Pastor, really? That's your money, man. No, it's God's money. And I can't say, especially when I was young, I didn't always look forward. I always gave. I was taught to give. I was, I was told that that's the right thing to do. I read scripture. I understood that it was the right thing to do. I should be a giver. I should certainly be a tither and like that. But it took a few years of experiencing the blessings of God and relating it back directly to my giving of my time, my talent, and my treasure. It was an attitude of thanks that I learned to give it in. And I learned the direct tie scripturally and uh, spiritually to, to doing it with the right heart. There is nothing more joyful than when I empty myself out for the glory of God. Whether that be with my time, my talent, or my treasure. Whatever it is, giving it to God. And so when it's time for offering, whether it's uh, uh, Justin and Candace or Trevor and Lindsay up here and they're receiving the offering, I get excited. I whip my phone out every week and I hit my text to give buttons and I start plugging that in and I give it, I give it with joy. I mean, it really brings a moment of joy in my heart. It's praise. It's thanksgiving to God. I get to do it. I get to. I'm sure there have been times, especially early on when things were slim, really slim in, in our early ministry and early lives, that I was like, oh, Lord, how are we going to do I didn't text back then. I just wrote checks out. But I was like, Lord, how are we going to do this? But I have learned that his provision and blessing are directly tied to my attitude of gratitude. Secondly, it's not just an expected thanks. It's an expansive thanks. When I thank him in a few things, I find about 20 more things to thank him for. At one of the songs we were singing just a few minutes ago up here, and, and I don't know if it was Sarah, somebody started talking and saying something about, uh, about our thanksgiving. And I just, all of a sudden, I just started saying, thank you, Lord. And I started listening, thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, Lord, for that. And I thought, you know, I can, I can probably come up with three or four things here real quick to just say thank you for God. And then my, I just realized the list was just going. I was just going. Because you can't, your, your praise, your thanks to God, it can't be held in. It can't be limited. It's not just like, oh, Lord, I thank you. You worked this out for me today. When you realize he worked this out, you realize he worked out about 30 other things that brought you to that place of victory. Because our God is a good God. He's a faithful God. And our thanksgiving is expansive. It, oh, it just keeps on going. It's always expanding. We're always looking for things to be grateful for. It's intentionality towards our gratitude in life. You got to thank him for your blessings and you got to thank him for your burdens. They all have meanings. I wish I had time to hang out there. I don't. I've got to hurry. I promised you. Paul says in Romans 8, 18, he says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us when on that great and glorious day. And even now, he has great things for us. So why compare your suffering to his goodness? To the glory. So it shouldn't just be expressed and expanded. But let's have this attitude of expectation in our thanksgiving. Like, it's required of me, but I want to do it. Paul says this. He says, give thanks in all circumstances because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will for you. Look at your neighbor and just say, that's God's will for you. If you don't have a neighbor, look at yourself and say, that's God's will for me. It's Thanksgiving. It's expected of me. And I want to expect it of myself. Thanksgiving is the mark of a growing Christian. I think it is. I believe that. It's the mark of a growing relationship in Christ Jesus. I'm thankful. I'm blessed. I'm counting my blessings. I think I heard Beverly walking around the house singing that this week. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Just count them. Our thanksgiving is a mark. But it's also the mark of a giving follower of Christ. When I start giving, not just of my tithes and offerings, but when I give my time, when I serve others, 
I was so blessed this past Thursday, and I know everybody can't be here. It's during the day, and there's people, lots of people working. But I was so blessed to see the number of people that showed up for our Calvary Cares ministry to serve, to work, and to give. What a blessing it was. And then the many that gave the groceries and the money and the, and the help to provide that food. Our Thanksgiving is a mark of a giving Christian. Someone said this. I don't know who to give credit to for this, but it's a powerful quote. It says, for Thanksgiving to be real Thanksgiving, for Thanksgiving to be real Thanksgiving, there must be thanks and there must be giving. Wow. I'm thankful, Lord. And so it shows by the way I live. It's also a graceful Christian or a gracious Christian who gives thanks. There's something elegant. There's something pleasant. There's something glowing about thankful people. There's a graciousness about us, about you, that happens in the church. Like people walk into a church that is a giving church, that is a thankful church, that is a serving church, and they sense something different about that. That kind of church. It's not people going through the motion. It's not just uh, it's not just a routine or a ritual. There's something about it. I hear it all the time with guests that come in here, and if they stay here, if they keep coming, they say they all they say the people here they're so friendly. Everybody's so so kind and loving. There's something different about you. What is it? It's the glory of God. It's the grace of God flowing in us and through us. There's a graciousness about us as followers of Jesus Christ. When you are giving a thanksgiving Christian, you glow. People are drawn to you. I've had people come at times throughout my life and they're like, you know, life's so bad and I don't have any friends and da 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 And I just, as we talk, I try to steer them to a place of gratitude and a place of thanksgiving first to God and then to others. And when they say, well, I just don't have much to be thankful for, and we start looking for things to be thankful for, they can recognize and realize, even if it's just a few things off the top, that that list just gets longer and longer, and it will change your perspective. And we need our perspective. I need my perspective change sometimes. And what I have learned is when I'm down, like any one of you get down sometimes, when I'm struggling with some challenges in life, like any of you struggle with challenges in life, what I've learned and what I try to do is just get alone with God somewhere, whether it's in my bedroom or in my car or in the sanctuary or in my office or wherever it is, and I just start saying, God, I I do thank you. I thank you, and I just, first, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for Holy Spirit. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for my family. And when I, I'm telling you something almost instantaneously begins to shift inside of me because you can't be thankful and depressed at the same time. It's true. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, and I'm wrapping this up. In fact, our team can go ahead and come. Chapter four, verse eight, it says, we're hard pressed on every side but we're not crushed. I'm going to read that again because there's a powerful message from God's spirit to someone in this room right now. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So what? So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Come on, you may not be able to see God physically. You may not be able to experience him like you experience the people in this room right now, but you can experience him on a much deeper and real level than you can experience anything else in this world. When you focus on the things you can't see, the goodness of God, the grace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the peace of God, the joy of God, the hope of God, the hope of eternal salvation, there is something that rises up inside of you and says, I will bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. I'll praise your holy name. I give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercies endure forever. Hallelujah. The psalmist was right when he said, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises to his name. It's a good thing today. It is a good thing, whatever you're facing, whatever challenges you're in, whatever hardships are on your shoulders today, Give him thanks. 
It will change your whole perspective of life and living and provision. I look back here in the back, my brother who was just hospitalized just recently for COVID, and he's sitting here in this room today, healed, walking in victory. And he called me. We had a phone call on, on the phone several weeks ago now when he was in the hospital. And he just talked about the good things of God. And I said something in my spirit that day as we were talking. I said to myself, this guy's going to walk in deliverance and health. How? How do I know that? Because he's not focused on how bad things are. He's not focused on the troubles of his life. He's focused on the goodness and the provision and the blessings of God. When you focus on that, I'm telling you, life begins to turn around and blessings begin to rise. Will you stand together with me all across? this room today I wonder if any of you have had a prayer that you just haven't received victory for I wonder if you're going through something today that seems like man this is depressing I'm in despair I'm troubled I'm, I'm as the young people say I'm shook <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I want to challenge you to be thankful. I know that seems counterproductive. Because what does our flesh like to do? This is what our flesh likes to do. I told you I was done, but just stand with me for a minute. Our flesh likes to sulk. Somehow, momentarily, it feels better to sulk than to thanks or praise. It's a momentary feeling because if I sulk long enough, I just sulk deeper. Is there anyone in this room this morning? If I sulk long enough, I find five other things to sulk about. If I hang right here very long, I realize that there's more to be discouraged about, and so I just get more discouraged. But if in this moment, and we all face these moments... And it doesn't have to look like David dancing before the Lord in this undignified way. I mean, that happens, that comes. But it don't have to look like that all the time. It can just start somewhere deep inside of you. Thank you, God, for Jesus. What does that mean? I thought Jesus is God. I don't know, Pastor. What do you, what's, I don't theologically, that seems weird. No. For God so loved the world plug your name in for God so loved Greg that he gave his only son Jesus that if Greg would believe in him Greg would not perish but have everlasting life thank you God for Jesus thank you God for the gift of eternal life I don't know, but when I say that, something begins to turn on the inside of me. My perspective begins to change. And that leads to thank you, God, because there's more than just Jesus. Don't you know that? If you've been saved for more than three minutes, you know there's, there's, such, there's so much more. It, it doesn't stop there. That's the starting point. Jesus is God. God is... He, he laid aside his ability to be God. He became a man. He gave his life. So thank you, God, for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus for giving your life for me. Thank you, Jesus. For when you had died and risen again, you gave a promise. You said, I'm going to send another. I'm going to send my comforter, uh, my spirit. So thank you, God, for Holy Spirit. I don't know if I can get a witness in this room, but there's a chain reaction taking place in the spirit when you start saying thank you. Thank you, God, for Jesus. Thank you, God, for salvation. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So thank you, God, for freedom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What am I free from? Oh, by the way, I thank you, Lord. You set me free from addiction. You set me free from that, that depression I was in. You set me free from all the, the heartaches and headaches of life. Lord, I thank you because your spirit is in me and it sets me free. Thank you. Thank you that I walk and I live in freedom. You, you free me from sickness so I'm healed physically or I'm healed emotionally. I don't know what your personal story is, but you see, my thanks for God can't just stay right there. It has to take me somewhere further and deeper, and it takes me out of that slumber and out of that depression and out of that pit.
Thank you, God, for freedom. For it is in that freedom that I live and move and have my being. What does that mean, Pastor? That means it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. That means that the old man is gone, and now I don't just walk in this understanding of what freedom is, but I'm truly free. I, I live in God. I, I move in God. I have my being in Him. I'm an overcomer. Oh, i got to say that again. I'm an overcomer through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Thank you that I overcome. I overcome temptation when it comes. I, I overcome distraction when it comes. I overcome depression when it comes. I overcome physical ailment. I overcome spiritual challenges. I overcome. Why? Because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Thank you, God, that I'm an overcomer. Thank you, God, that you're with me always. Even to the very end of the age. That's the promise from his word. Thank you. That you're with me. I'm never alone. In my loneliest moments, I'm not alone. In my most challenging, troubled times, I'm not alone. Thank you, God, that you're a presence that is here always. You're faithful. Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Oh, there's something. When I wasn't faithful, he was faithful. Well, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Morning by morning. His mercies are new. Oh, thank you, Lord. Do you see the chain of events that gratitude brings? You can't stay where you are very long if you have a thankful heart. There's a place of victory today for every person in this building. For every person watching online, there's a place of victory today. No matter your challenge, no matter your struggle, it doesn't matter if someone didn't speak to you on the way in this morning, Jesus was with you. It doesn't matter if something's going on that nobody else knows about, Jesus knows. It doesn't matter where you are financially, relationally, spiritually, Jesus is a faithful father. He loves you. He wants to heal you. There's a place of victory today through your faithfulness and your thankfulness. It's an attitude of gratitude. So be filled today. Be blessed today.